0: Welcome to the First Fight podcast. Today, we have on a special guest who is on our original podcast a long time ago when it was just videos. My husband, Corey Anderson. Welcome to the show, Corey.
1: Thanks for having me, Jenny.
0: So, Corey's going to tell you his first fight story. We met years ago and we actually sat down and did an interview before we were married and now we're just going to revisit that and we're going to talk about some of the recent events with his most recent fight this past weekend so take it away Corey
1: alright guys up? So my first fight was March 2nd 2014 in Springfield Illinois it was Capital Cage was it Capital City Cage Warriors or Capital Cage City Warriors something like that and um I went up against a guy, what was his name? I forgot now. But uh, anyway, he was about 6'5", 6'6", big guy. I was supposed to fight one guy, and he didn't have his medicals done come fight day or weigh-in day. There was another guy there for standby, so I ended up matching up against that one. And uh, I just remember, even at the weigh-ins, like the anticipation the nervousness or whatever, your first fight, you stand on the scale and you face off with another guy, you gotta think this guy's trained to take your head off. So it's like, man. This is really about to happen. It's about to go down. And, um, you know, you fill out the cage for the first time. And, you know, I went pro right away. So my, for me, I was really nervous. But at the same time, you're in the cage and you're thinking, I'm Billy Badass. I'm now a professional athlete. I'm a professional fighter. We're about to go in here. We're about to get it on. And, um, you know, and the next day you come back and you go through the rules meeting and you get all your, Your paperwork and stuff finalized and the physicals with the doctors and everything. This is in Illinois. Illinois is almost like almost as bad as New York to fight the medicals and stuff needed. So, um, but uh, we get all that done and we go back to the locker room. And I was, it was a pro am car and I was the first section, first fight on the pro car. And we had like nine teammates fight on that one. So I remember watching the first three or four guys, those amateurs go. In Illinois, we don't have shin pads or none of the protective gear like you have out here on the East Coast in Jersey. So when you hear that first kick or the first head kick go off and you start getting getting you, the butterflies in your gut, like, man, what if you can hit one, one of those? Man, that sound like it hurt. Man, 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 you got all these different things. And coming from a wrestling background, though, we used to go hard. You know, before you get on the mat, it's like you do one live go, one live match to blow your lungs out. In the MMA, I just remember we couldn't do that. It's like we can't go spar. So it's kind of like you got to blow your lungs out to the best of your ability. You know, when I get my lungs stretched out, that's when I'm at my, my most comfortable state. So instead, I just went around the hallway and I ran sprints for like 10 minutes. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And as the fights went down, every time the one fight was done, I pushed a little harder, ramped it up a little harder. try to blow my lungs out more and more and more. And as you get closer, I remember that time, all right, man, you got to calm down, get ready to go. It's almost your time. Calm down, calm down. Get your rest. Make sure your Your heartbeat is right. You're breathing right. Be ready. Come on, you ready? You ready? I was ready, but I was nervous. And I was excited at the same time. I couldn't wait to get out there and showcase my skills. My first fight, you know, I've been training for a while. People have been ducking and dodging fights. I tried to go amateur, but nobody wanted to fight me. So here I am just jumping right into the pros right off the get-go. And, uh... I remember the ease of tension like i said we had like seven eight guys on the car and our whole team was in the back with us like we all gonna walk out with you you know we're gonna walk out as a team just so you know you and everybody yourself but it's a whole team we're going out there together and we walk out and i remember walking down the stairway and it was probably like 20 of us And it seemed like the line kept coming but only three of us could walk to the cage the other one was split off when the gate opened but you know i remember that helping me ease the tension and walk into the cage because we had guys like Bobby Brent, Dustin Jacoby. Dustin Jacoby had already been the UFC. Um, he actually went on to win the Road to Glory tournament shortly after that. Um, Bobby Brintz had been the Cage Warriors or Cage, whatever it is over in Ireland where uh, Conor McGregor came for He was a heavyweight champ there for a while. You know, guys like that who fought under Mark Fiore and trained with Matt Hughes to help ease the tension. We had Matt Veach fighting that night as well. And uh, he was a UFC vet. And I remember just going in there and they telling me, Steve James was in the corner. He telling me before, I just remember what we worked on all camp, man. Just remember what we worked on all camp. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. You got the best wrestling and your hands of dynamite. And uh, you get in the cage. You know, I'm in the red corner. He's in the blue. And you just look across. and remember this guy's tall. He's a little bigger than me. And I just remember going out in the bell rings. And we walk out there. It's like time seemed like it was going forever. Like it just seemed like forever. And I just remember throwing a jab cross and the blast double. And I picked him up in the air and just slammed the hell out of him. When I slam him, I just like posture up and start grinding pound. they stop it. The ref step in. And I still want to keep punching him out of excitement. That's when I just want to keep going. You know, the adrenaline's going. Like I said, it felt like forever. And when you look up at the clock, it was like 13 seconds later. I was like, man, that 13 seconds felt like eternity. But at the same time, after that, I was hooked. You know what um I remember telling myself before I was going to do one fight just to see how it was, see if I liked it. If I didn't like it, I'd go back just to coaching and live my life, whatever, and just train. But uh, I fell in love with it that night, and uh, I've been doing it ever since.
0: So that night you knew that you wanted to do it as a career, or you knew that you were just going to continue fighting?
1: I knew I was going to continue fighting. I had no clue I wanted to do it a career, as a career. I actually didn't have any desire to really do it as a career because the dangers and everything in it but I was going to continue to do it as a hobby. You know, I loved my job as a wrestling coach and a supervisor, holland trucking and freight, and I paid the bills well with that easily, and I could continue to live my life and, you know, still have free time or whatnot. And I knew being a professional, full-time professional, it takes a lot, and you kind of lose all that the extra leeway that you have in life.
0: Do you think that original fight you know, going so quickly? Did it give you an unrealistic expectation of what a real fight was like?
1: In a way, yeah. Because, I mean, the adrenaline and all that was there. But the time, you know, not going that whole 15 minutes was definitely a big difference. You know, I went the first, well, I think it was, I didn't get hit for the first time until my third fight. So, you know, when I went to that third fight, it was kind of like, a culture shock. And that was a five-round fight. But at the same time, the adrenaline had got kind of used to the adrenaline feeling. stepping in that cage with the nerves and the butterflies. But there was a lot that was missing because you didn't go that long. It wasn't like a full fight.
0: I always say the hardest part about fighting is that waiting to go out backstage. What part is the most nerve-wracking for
1: you? I, I have to agree. The waiting in the back. I mean, even today. 14 UFC fight veteran is still the same every time you're in the back, especially when you're getting ready to go down the tunnel. When you're starting to walk out the locker, like, all right, let's go. We're going down to the hole, and then you see your opponent, and you hear the fans. That's always the worst part. Until you hear your walkout music, it eases up a little bit, but it's still there. And then when you step in the cage and you hear the pin drop, there's no return. And from there, it's just remember everything we did in training, believe in your preparation, and don't get embarrassed.
0: I often compare it to like being at the top of a roller coaster and you're already on the way down and you can't stop it. You're just going anyways.
1: You can use that comparison. But at the same time, when you go down a roller coaster, you got to know at some point you're going back up again, to drop one more time. It's kind (laughs) of, it keeps going. And fighting is kind of like, all right, once we're here, it's over now. The bell ring, But I guess you can say until the next fight, then we got to do it again. So in a way, you can use that comparison.
0: Now, this past weekend, you had a big breakout performance at Madison Square Garden, beating an up-and-coming prospect in Johnny Walker. A lot of people picked against you, and I guess something I kind of want to highlight in this whole series is the stories and the people behind fighting, and it's really easy for fans to have their criticisms just like with any other sport or anyone who's in the limelight, but... I think some people were critical of your celebration and I think they don't really understand everything that goes into this because this is your life, our life. And I don't know about you, but something that weighed heavy on me being your wife was that this last time we were at Madison Square Garden, you got knocked out on a very big stage and actually two years to the day today that that had happened. Is that something that was in the back of your head or was the celebration after your victory more about just the odds and what people were saying
1: about your opponent? The Celebration after the victory was more, like I said, against the fans and the odds doing all that, you know, in my mind, we hear so many people and you read so many articles that you know, there was nobody giving you a chance, you know. I mean, when you're going through it, you go to a camp and you have so many fights in the organization and you continue to prove yourself over and over and over against the best. And then you still still hear people doubting you and you hear the fans doubting you. And you only people you have believing is you, your family, the coaches. But everybody else just seems against you. It's just kind of like you're fighting an uphill battle all the time. Cause no matter what you do, you're gonna always be the underdog. No matter what you do, it's either if you win, you got lucky, or next time they will beat you, you know. And um, when I went out there, you know, I'm known for being a, defi- a decision king. They say I always get decisions. When you go out there and you fight a guy like Johnny Walker, who was the hype train known for finishing everybody in the first round within a couple minutes, and you turn around and do exactly what he does, everybody else to him, it was just a lot of excitement, a lot of frustration came out, and all the things that. Having going on behind the scenes, overwhelming. It just, it kind of just took over me with the adrenaline and everything around. I was so excited and so happy and so angry at the same time. And uh, that's just where the post-fight celebration came from.
0: So do you feel like all that stuff, you know, built up is what created that performance? Or do you just feel like that opportunity presented itself in Johnny Walker, you know, Is it any fight that can happen, or do you think it's a new Corey Anderson?
1: It's definitely a new Corey Anderson. You know, I had a whole year, just about a year off, but a month and 20 days shy of a year, or a year, uh, excuse me, yes, a month and 20 days shy of a whole year out of the cage. And um, it ain't like in that time I was just sitting at home or on vacation. You know, I see a lot of people after fights, they spend all their time traveling and never really in the gym until they get another fight. Every day I was in the gym, in the basic classes and classes with moms and dads, just learn the basics of boxing and kickboxing. I did basic jujitsu classes. I went back and just let it, let my instructors, my coaches and professors all know, like, I don't really have the uh, basics yet. You know, most stuff I learned, I learned on the fly, just like going pro, I don't forget, go and going to UFC within three fights. I learned everything on the fly. So I had to, sit down and go back and learn everything from the get-go, from the basics up. And when I got those basics and I started getting the confidence from the fights and I continue to learn the simple things that I skipped over, and now it's just like the confidence is there and the skills are just steady rising. Now I know the simpler way to success. And uh, you don't have to be fancy as long as you have a good solid base, which I have now. And that's why I have so much more confidence to feel the new Corey Anderson is going to be a deadly and dangerous career, so it's going to be hard for these guys to defeat.
0: Like I said, I'm your wife, so I obviously am biased, but I get the opportunity to see your evolution as a fighter and see you training every day and what you put into it. And obviously, I'm invested in it as well emotionally, but it was just very satisfying to me to be able to see you perform the way we see you perform every week, like, it's no surprise to me, everyone is surprised that you knocked out Johnny Walker, but I'm not surprised, I see you fight, train like that all the time, spar like that all the time, and I'm not saying you don't perform when you fight, like, you've always, I think, are one of the people that can perform well when you need to, but this was like, really a breakout. I think you really showed how physical you can be and you can pull the trigger when you want to. I think maybe in the past that's something that as you evolved as a fighter you got a little conservative with your style but I feel like once you get comfortable with that you start evolving to the point where you can get back to that killer instinct. What do you think is next for you as a fighter like what is one thing that you're really trying to get better at and evolve towards
1: Hmm. i just want to get better at every aspect of it from my basic double leg to a single leg shot to finishing the shots in the dominant position to when a guy get down not letting him up um and, you know, getting these finishes more, you know, the killer instinct, being able to pull the trigger. I feel like there's been times before where I've heard a guy like in Glover, I heard him, and I, it took me, I knew he was hurt, but it took me a little too long to get in to close the distance and try to put him away, you know. And this one, it was like once I hit him, it was, I went to hit I hit him, and I went to do my little hop back. So if he countered, he would miss. And then as my foot touched, I noticed he was hurt. Instead of waiting, it was go right away. Hit him, put it on, and put him on. So, you know, if I want to be able to, get better at that and if I can continue to do that like I said in many fights every all the way back to Gian Vellante I believe I've hurt guys but I just didn't register to the fact they were hurt
0: well I'm definitely excited to see where you go next I believe you're a complete fighter one of the, the few fighters in that division that is evolving as a whole but I I thought you were probably going to get a finish on the ground to be honest with you I was surprised with the the first round TKO, technically, um, of Johnny. But I think it puts a lot of people on notice. And I think the lesson here is knowing that you can't expect the fans to understand or see those little evo- tiny evolutions that you have as a fighter. They they know you as a wrestler. And this is a the type of performance that you needed, I think, to show that you're more than
1: that. I mean... Yeah, but in a way, if you think about the fight before this as well, there was no takedowns in that fight either. That was all striking. I shook him. I think I tripled his numbers and I threw more strikes. And um, you know, and after the second round, I don't think I shot anymore, which is all striking. We're gonna make it a stand-up battle and the kicks and everything. With that in the December fight, a lot of people were like, "Oh, you hit him that many times, and you couldn't put him away." And then this last fight, it was only one hit, and I put him away. So it's kind of like. In 14 fights, first 12 fights, it was like, oh, the first fight I knocked him out with hands in 60 seconds, and the rest instead I've been wrestling. And it was like, oh, Quirinson's only a good wrestler. He can't strike, blah, blah, blah. If I put him to him with hands, I can finish him, or I I can defeat him as long as I can sprawl and stop the shot. And then that doesn't work out. And then the little TV was the first person that was able to stop the shot, and I had to go to the other stuff, the other arts. And that's when they realized, like, oh, he can do it a little bit, but he still doesn't have knockout power. And I feel like now... I didn't hit the hype train with one shot and put him down. And I was kind of like, oh, this kid, he actually can do pretty much everything like he said. I feel like a lot of people are going to be trying to talk noise like they want to fight me. But realistically, they really don't want it.
0: Well, I think you always had that power. I think it's more of a style thing, What, which is what's funny about this fight is I feel like you kind of came to the conclusion before the fight that you... Accepted that I do wrestle. I'm going to use that to my advantage. I'm not going to try to prove a point by striking. And it's like you took that pressure off yourself and the opportunity presented itself and it was there.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, especially going into this fight. You know, when you got a guy like Johnny Walker who's real flashy and jumpy or whatever, you don't want to just go in there shooting and trying to wrestle because you're giving him an opportunity to hit you with one of his jump knees or something coming in. So, preparing for that fight, like, we knew we're going to have to go out there and bang a little bit. We know we're going to have to keep the guard tight. We're going to have to strike a little bit and get him to go strike for strike for strike for strike back and forth for each other. And that would have opened up the opportunity to make the wrestling come. And then he starts biting on the fakes and whatnot. And you don't know if he's going to, or he doesn't know if I'm going to wrestle or I'm going to punch. But it just worked out early that when I started faking, I can just see he was already showing. He was showing. He was waiting for the shot too much. And, um... I just went off the fake and let the hand go, and after I connected, just kept letting them go.
0: Well, that's the beauty of being such a good wrestler—is that people have to respect your fakes and your level changes, and that is what opens up your hands. Which is, you know, I believe we watched someone do a breakdown comparing it to Khabib and McGregor when he hit him with that overhand. You have to respect the shot, which is amazing for you because just like the glover fight i think is was your best performance before um this fight this past fight you really utilized punching shooting punching shooting he could never really find his rhythm because you were threatening with both so you really did not in the back of your head you didn't have that like fear that this could be a repeat of msg last time
1: no no
0: i didn't even want to bring it up to you because i was just nervous about it i didn't want you to have that in your head before the fight at all anywhere
1: it wasn't i was more confident you know you got to think in the osp fight it ain't like i got manhandled and got knocked out it was a simple mistake that i made letting my hands drop moving the wrong way on the southpaw and the time since that fight and what two years today you know i've been drilling those things over and over to where i knew he wouldn't make that mistake again you know, I learned from the first time. I was like, we're not going to let this happen again. And every fight, the four fights that I've lost, I've never lost the same way twice. You know, you might think you have it. Oh, he lost on this last time, so I'm going to try it. But the next time, it's going to be better. My defense is better. My movement is better. And my moves, as well, like a chest move, is just smoother. You know, I'm smarter. I'm thinking about where I'm going before I go. I'm thinking about what I'm doing before I do it. You know, I can see the opening as it comes, reacting right away.
0: You know, not to be like, cheesy but it really you really showed me in that fight those two fights in a row and you lost back-to-back chaos it really showed me what you were made of and how you were able to just mentally come back from that and it really not affect you in a negative way like you definitely got better I think it's what you needed to get better and it's definitely something that I don't know if he would want to, but Johnny Walker can kind of look at as the model for going forward. Because I know you had talked to him after the fight, but what would you want him to know about going
1: forward after a loss like that? I mean, pretty much the same thing I told him in the green room. I mean, you're still dangerous. You know, the the things you do as a threat is still going to be a threat. Now, you just need to evolve. You're young. You're still gonna be a problem. You just gotta work on these little details, and in time, like I said, he's young, 26, 27. In time, you're gonna grow and you're gonna evolve. You know, by the time I what, when I was 27 or 26, I had two losses, whatever. In the UFC, I debuted at 24, 23, 24. So. You know, I was young. When, like I said, he had 20 fights coming in already against me. I had three fights when I got in the UFC. So he's already got the one upper hand on me. He's got the experience already. But now he's just at the level where he's going to fight harder guys. And he already jumped. He passed that, that um, threshold where you got the mediocre guys. It's like, okay, I can do certain things too. And he already jumped up with the big boys. To It's like, all right, now I know I have to learn from And it took me losing to Jimmy Manuel. Before I got there. So that was my third fight, in my, or third loss in my career when I realized, like, okay, there's it's different levels here. It's certain thing, different things I got to do different. You know, by the time I got to OSP, I had already learned that, but it was just one simple thing I forgot the concentration. I forgot one thing. So now after taking those two losses, back to back losses to both top guys, one had already challenged for the title. It's like, all right. Alright, now we're with the big boys. We can't play around them, we gotta be we gotta be stern. We gotta have a game plan. We gotta stick to it. There's no room for error. There's no margin for error here because it only take one wrong move, which have an OSP, and that could be lights out. And we just ever since then the last four fights we we stayed on it. You gotta think four fights and I haven't I don't even think I've been rocked or connected clean in four fights and it's been against all top fifteen, three top ten ranked guys. And why do you think
0: that you're the man to beat John Jones.
1: Because I train harder than everybody else. I'm smarter than everybody else. I got fight IQ and I got the will and I got the heart. When you put all that together, you just got a dangerous man. And the worst part about it all, I'm just in a happy place in life. Like I said, going to this fight. The best place in my life for my son, my wife, my family, my career, way everything is going for me. You know, I don't fight with the stresses of I have to win anymore. I fight because I, I really love it now. I'm at the point where I love this. I love going out there and just showing painting a painting the canvas with my movement and what I do and making a masterpiece, you know. So and to go out there against somebody like him who's gonna throw different stuff and make it tricky and challenge challenging, you know, that's gonna be my best painting of all because I have to evolve to the best. You know, he's that the final level at on the video game, when you play, you beat everybody. You get to the last level, and you got the boss. He's the boss. He's the one with the belt, and that's gonna bring out the best in me. And just like a video game, you you take losses along the way to get to that final level. By the time you got to the final level, you got to think you died on different levels for certain reasons, and all those things you learn from. So now you know when you get to the boss, you got to do everything you did to get there, and put them all into one performance to dominate him. And that's how you win the game.
0: Thank you, Corey. Thanks for sharing once again. And hopefully we can see you at that final level soon.
1: Hopefully. Thank you for having me.